Hello, welcome to Skull RPG Podcast. My name is Dwight Skull. My name is Jacob Skull. And today we're going to teach you how to tell, tell your, your story. story. So Dwight, one of the things we've talked about many times, and we haven't actually done a deep dive, is on timelines. Yeah, so what in the world is a timeline? Well, a timeline is exactly what you remember it being. You write out, you know, the date and the important thing that happened, and then you keep doing that. Now, why in the world should you do such a boring thing as a game master? Let me give you a for instance. I played a political game. I was running a political game with two other people. And the concept was that the king was going to do something kind of dumb. And then I wanted to see how the players wanted to play it out. So let me just read you the timeline for that. Really simple. Now, by the way, this timeline was what I wrote before. And the players messed up my timeline entirely. And it was totally okay. So in January, the king writes some letter to obtain a new wife because his wife had died. And he doesn't really care. He wants the most beautiful woman in the kingdom. And he doesn't care if she's already married. He doesn't care if she already has kids. He doesn't care. And in this, in this world of like nobility, think like middle ages, uh, everybody is already betrothed to somebody else like the day they're born to start solidifying political marriages. And so the king doesn't care. He's going to break every contract. He's going to do all that. Now, that makes that's going to make people really angry. But during this January time period, he's writing a letter, but my players are at the far ends of the kingdom. So they're just getting to know their, their people, like themselves and their, and their towns and, and kind of what they can do. So this is like their level. If you want to look at it this way, they, it wasn't a D&D game. It was a GURPS campaign, but functionally like their levels one through three at this point. They're just kind of knowing who they are. In February, letters go throughout the kingdom and start arriving. By this point, they'd come back from some of the action and the duties that they had done. They could arrive home just in time to, for these letters to show up. If you watched or listened to my thing about last yesterday um, on starting with the action, when they arrive home, the letters are arriving. That's the action. Letters then announced that the king wants a, a bride no matter what. And I went ahead and actually hand wrote that letter and threw them both one on the table. And um, at that point, I kind of have some of their parents, because they're nobles, say, wait a minute, does this mean that your sister could be married off to somebody else? Or wait, even your mom? That doesn't make any sense. What in the world's going on? Then in March, local councils, there's like, it was kind of a Game of Thrones thing where like seven kingdoms are built into one. It was really four kingdoms built into five total built into one. And so the local councils start determining whether or not they should rebel or they should be obedient. And this is where I let the players, because their nobility, have a say in the matter. So we played it out, but not really a lot. And both of the players decided to sway their sides to open rebellion, which, given the players I was playing with, didn't shock me at all. They're more on the chaotic versus the law side. So then in April, the concept was for the officials uh, were to come to, this, to the, uh, the kingdoms and start to evaluate the potential noblemen. And the concept was that two of these kingdoms, it didn't matter which two, I figured it'd be their two because each one represented a different kingdom. I figured it'd be their kingdoms would kill the officials. Then in May, the kingdom prepares for a civil war with the two loyal kingdoms and the king's army, you know, starts to fight. So you have three kingdoms, the kings and two the loyals versus the two rebellious ones, which I knew my players would be in. And by June, war breaks out. And then sometime between July and August, um, July and October, the war happens. But the king will crush the rebellion, and those noble families, including my players' families, will be eradicated, and new, more more loyal families put in place. Now, I know you're thinking, wait a minute, you're going to have them get killed. Well, 
I write my timeline as if the players were never involved. So if my players were never involved, this is what would happen. Mm -hmm. But my players have certain abilities in a world with really no abilities that no one really understood, and they use them. And so the timeline as written was fine until about March. Because in March, instead of waiting for the nobles to come and then kill them, they literally geared up and went to war in April. Like, they weren't supposed to go to war until June. But no, these guys already rousted an army and they were taking um, in skir you know, skir uh, skirmishes and, and things. They were leading little bands of men into fighting by April. So my entire thing's out. By July, one of them, both of them actually used their abilities, even though each one didn't know what each other's abilities were. It was kind of a fun game. Because um, they would like pass me notes in secret to let me know what they were doing, and we were playing this, we were playing this kind of remote because of just where people were at, not because of a pandemic. This was several years ago, although it worked really great in this season. But they would literally like text me conversations, like I'm using my ability to do the following, and then I would just or uh, narrate what would happen um, if they succeeded or failed on that. And so what it was really cool is at the end of the day. By July, they had actually landed not an army, but literally just a small tribe of guys into the into like the uh, palace area, and one of them used their ability to shapeshift, which is their ability. The other guy could uh, bend people's will to their own, mm -hmm. but both were doing both of them were both of them were compliant to let to get there because they both had their ideas of how they would kill the king. And it was hilarious because the guy who could bend people's minds was doing things to literally, like, coerce the guards to come and kill the king with him. And by the time he had an army of, like, five or six small guards with him, they opened up the door. And the king King's is already dead. dead because the shapeshifter shaped into a crow. Just needed an open window with poison talons. And that was it. Flew in and killed the king. And so it was hilarious because the other player never knew how the king had died because the one player didn't want to reveal it. And so even to this day, um, I don't think they've ever talked about how each other did it. But I, it was hilarious yeah. and it was great. But back to timelines, I knew how I wanted my game to go. And I knew the players would change it. But by having the January, February, March concept, I already knew I could have that marching forward as they were gaining the levels needed to be able to impact the world. Now, by the time... March, April, and May came about, they had leveled to a sufficient degree to be kind of uh, a power. Um, GURPS is a little weird. It doesn't work kind of like a traditional D&D &D if you haven't played it. It's kind of a point-by system. So in a lot of ways, you make really powerful characters out the gate, and then you only get a couple of handful of points after. So most of playing GURPS is not to acquire, not to go from like level one to something that can actually do damage at like level 10 or 12. In reality, you kind of start out as a level 10 player and you're just trying to figure out how to navigate your character to the fullest. Mm -hmm. So within several six to eight months, you actually finally are living up to your level 12 D&D &D character um, because I've just handed it to you. Um, so that's kind of it's just a different gaming system. Regardless, because I had the timeline, I knew that the king was potentially going to either die or kill off their families. I knew what the stakes were. So did they. Soon as they said, as soon as they started to go to war, it was treason and everybody was going to die in their kingdoms. So they started moving faster than I thought possible. They weren't going to fight a traditional war. They were, they both knew they had abilities. They were looking at it like, I just need to get within arm's reach of this king and I can end this. And so that's what they did. 
So instead of preparing an army and leading an army like generals and going to war, kind of like in the Lord of the Rings, you know, type of a thing at the very beginning where you have the elves and the humans versus Saruman or Sauron, Sauron, so many names. Oh, my God. Sauron. Um, it was one of those things like if I know if I know my character can kill Sauron if I can just get into his bedchamber at night. And so they rushed as fast as those two could with a small group of men. Um, to get to into position where they could take advantage of their natural special abilities and get into the room while the king is asleep and kill him. And it was really fun. So why that matters on a different level, though, is if you're going to do a war, I've talked about timelines in a war, you do a war the same way. How did the war start? What's going to happen? You could do the same thing where it's like, okay, we're going to play the Civil War, the U.S. Civil War. You know the timelines. But now the players have the ability to change the timelines. Mm -hmm. And that's the advantage there. So let the players just know if you're going to play something very historical like that, you already have the timelines built for you. Get them out. Keep them there. But be ready and willing and tell them to begin with, this is the timeline that we're going to play. Like especially if you're doing the Civil War or some like World War II or Jack the Ripper or whatever – Here's what happened historically, and then just go, okay, we're starting before everything goes down, or we're starting, again, close to as action as possible. Like, we're starting from D-Day and going forward, or we're starting, you know, this particular battle in the Civil War and going forward. But then you just let them know, this is an alternate history now. Like, your actions will change. Mm-hmm. Like, the idea isn't to play, I mean, because how boring would it be? To literally play out civil war and it's like you rolled a 20 no you can't you have to die here no no i rolled a 20 man like figure it out what happens now well now we're in uncharted territory which is exactly where you want to be yeah so the timelines allow you the flexibility to have a plan but the flexibility to flex off of said plan at any time hey thanks for listening and for more resources please go to skullrpg.com